Hi, I'm Tony Hines, and you're listening to the Chain Reaction Podcast, all about supply chain advantage. Well, great you could join us today. Lots of things happening out there, of course, in supply chain world, so stay tuned. Well, there have been lots of press reports in the past few weeks about businesses going into administration, filing for bankruptcy, and it's all down to one thing, cash flow. And cash flow is essential to manage, but it's part of a bigger focus for any organisation on its working capital. And today, that's what I want to discuss. Well, lots of companies seem to be hitting the rails right now. And if you haven't made sales in time for the Christmas season and you're holding lots of inventory, it's likely that your cash flow is going to be adversely affected. And that means that you may run out of cash. And of course, we know what running out of cash means. It means that you either borrow money with interest rates going up or if you can't borrow money and you can't pay your debts, well, administration beckons. So today I'm going to look at ways in which the supply chain can be organised so that you don't run out of cash. With the balance sheet for most companies made up of 50% in value terms by inventory and another 20% maybe in debtors for all the sales made, the people that haven't paid you yet, accounts receivable, and then payments owed to creditors, another substantial part of your working capital, it's the working capital that needs to be carefully managed. And so I'm going to focus attention on how supply chain actions affect working capital. When it comes to supply chains, much talk and much time and effort goes into securing profitability. And profitability is important, but profitability is for the longer and medium term, whereas cash flow is important right now. You need to ensure that your cash flows in more than it flows out so that you have sufficient funds to buy all the materials that you need, support the operation and make those sales that will be profitable. So the first thing you need to focus attention on because it makes up by far the biggest part of the working capital in most manufacturing and even service operations, inventory. And if you purchase too much, inventory and you have warehouses filled with inventory and you're holding lots of inventory in an attempt to serve customers then you have to be very careful that you don't catch a cold and by catching a cold I mean that you don't get caught short that you can't sell the inventory and if you can't sell the inventory that's going to severely impact your cash flow because once you've procured inventory and you've put it in the warehouse you've got financial commitments And those financial commitments are not simply for the inventory purchases themselves, which form part of your accounts payable, but it also means that you're going to be paying heating, lighting, warehousing costs, and you're going to be paying labour costs to keep the warehouse open. Before you commit to inventory, you need to make sure that you actually need that inventory. Now, one way in which organisations have traditionally lowered their inventory 
is by operating just-in-time systems so that they get the stock just in time, don't hold it for too long and pass it on quickly to the next customer. And that's an important management tool not to be overlooked. There's been lots of talk about just-in-time being dead. Well, it's not. It's something that you need to think about. Even if you don't operate a fully just-in-time system, you need to think about holding inventory for shorter periods of time. And one way to do that is to purchase the stock later, ensuring it comes in by the date you require it, and moving it through your system, through your supply chain, fast. You also lower risk this way. Risk from obsolescence, wastage, damage, and eventually scrap. Now, there are often incentives to buy more inventory than you need. Sometimes people will offer discounts and you think, well, that's pretty good. I can get an extra 20% off my purchase if I take double the amount I actually require. But before you jump into those sorts of arrangements, you want to make some careful considerations because let's take the example of doubling inventory. If you double inventory on a particular line, you'll be holding twice as much inventory. That will take up twice as much warehouse space. It might be with you for much longer, so you'll have to fund that inventory for longer periods. It will drain your working capital. It will also drain your immediate cash flow because you're paying more out than you wanted to at this particular point to get that discount. And you could be left with a substantial part of that inventory if it doesn't sell. So the risks of holding inventory could indeed be very, very high. So be warned, be careful. So as we've learned, one of the key things that we can do is to manage inventory. And managing inventory is probably the most important aspect of managing your supply chain, both efficiently and effectively. And when we think about working capital, there are other aspects of working capital we have to manage. One of them is time to inventory, of course, and that's accounts payable, because the more inventory we actually procure to place in our warehouse, the more our debts build up and the more accounts payable we'll have. And eventually, whatever terms we're on, 30, 60, 90 days, those payments will have to be made. So if you think about your inventory turnover, if you've bought that inventory on 30-day terms, it means in 30 days from the date of the invoice, you're going to have to pay out the cash. Now, if you're still holding the stock at that time and it's still in your warehouse, then you, of course, haven't received the cash for the sale of that stock, which means you're going to have to fund it from existing funds. You're going to have sufficient working capital to have to pay the sums as they fall due. If you've got 60-day terms, it gives you a bit longer. If you've got 90-day terms, it gives you a bit longer. But if you can't turn over the inventory in one, two, or three months because you've bought too much, then it's going to drain that cash away. And it's surprising how many businesses fail because they've bought too much inventory and they've got no cash when the bills fall due. Managing the cash is key to the viability of your operation and it's very essential that you focus your attention on cash flow not just profitability or return on investment 
because you'll have no profitability and you'll have no return on investment if you don't manage the cash. If you've been careful to manage your inventory and you've lowered it to the lowest possible holding inventory, then that will lower your cost. The risk, of course, is that you can't meet demand from customers as it arises because you haven't got the inventory. So it's very important to have arrangements with your suppliers that ensure that you get inventory when you need it. And they have to be reliable. You have to have goods in on time and complete and without delays. Delays can cause massive problems to your cash flow and they can disrupt the whole operation because you'll still have wages to pay to the workforce. You may not be able to produce goods because they haven't got the inventory. You'll still have warehouse space to pay for with all the lighting, heating and all the overheads that go along with that. And you'll have to pay all that even though you haven't got the inventory. So empty warehouses can be just as damaging as overfull warehouses. So you have to ensure that your suppliers are reliable and they're able to deliver goods to you on time and complete. Having the right contractual arrangements is also a very important thing for any organisation to focus attention on. So you have to have arrangements in place in the contract that specify payment dates, that specify when those payments are made in detail. So do you have to pay when those goods are put on a ship, even though they might be delayed? Or do you have to make those payments when they land at a local port? So these are terms that we're all familiar with. Free on board and landed prices. The point at which title in the goods, the inventory coming to you, passes from the seller to the buyer, to your organisation is a very important aspect of a contract to determine because that's the point at which the buyer will accept risk and is responsible for all the inventory. In difficult times, of course, all sorts of tricks come into play when it comes to inventory. For example, if a retail organisation is having difficulties selling its product, it may well put artificial barriers in place to reject goods which are being transferred in to their inventory. So, for example, they could pick a fault, they could search for a contract term that says if it wasn't there by a particular time on a particular day, that they're entitled to reject the order, and that all places a great deal of risk with the supplier. So it's about moving risk profiles, and it's important that firms are ethical as well as legal when you deal with them. So you want to deal with suppliers who act fairly and you want customers to act fairly too. And we shouldn't really be searching around for tricks because we're in difficulty. Now there's a third part to the equation when it comes to managing working capital. We've talked about managing inventory and how important that is. And that's right down to every aspect of managing your supply chain. It goes to procurement, 
It goes to postponing production where you can, so that you only make things when they're in demand, and you can actually sell them. And that will change the shape of the flows of materials into, through, and out of the firm. The second part of the equation is if you can reduce and lower the inventory, it means that you haven't got accounts payable piling up, putting pressure on cash flow. The more credit you take, obviously puts pressure on the cash flow. And the third part of the equation is, of course, looking at accounts receivable, the debtors that you have as a result of selling goods on credit. And there's a risk in that part, because if you don't get paid, that will damage your cash flow also. So when things are critical and you're managing your cash flow, it's important to stay in touch with your customers to ensure there are no problems with the forthcoming payments. And that might be just a phone round, an email, just to say forthcoming payments is due, please pay by, reminders, that sort of thing. And that's up to the finance department to try and draw in the cash because you'll need that cash to apply to your own payments. Now we've seen how critical supply chains are to the management of operations and for either improving or worsening cash flow. Now cash flows can be improved with better inventory management. That's why it's so important to manage those inventories, lower the risk and lower the cash flow position or improve the cash flow position at least. And then we've got the position on if we manage inventories, we reduce the outflow of cash or the commitments that we're making for the outflow of cash, which is also important. And on the other side of the coin, it's important to get the money in from the sales we've made. We can think about this as similar to a tap. When cash is flowing out of the organisation, effectively we've turned the tap on. When we turn the tap off, we're stopping that drainage of cash out of the business. We can turn another tap on, which is to get the money in, and we have to encourage other people to turn that tap on. We can't directly do that. So it is about flows, and planning and managing material flows is critical to inventory management. A special consideration has to be given to small firms or medium-sized firms who are caught in supply chains, often between a rock and a hard place, because they can't easily use any muscle to get the debtors to pay up their accounts accounts receivable and it's difficult for them to withhold payments to suppliers to try and get that balance recalibrated whereas for larger firms larger firms will just say you're going to have to wait an extra 30 days for your cash because we're experiencing difficulty from a number of our customers or we need a little extra help and of course you do a lot of volume with the organisation, and you're not in a position quite often as a small or medium-sized supplier to those firms to turn around and say, no, we won't do that. You're under a lot of pressure. And it's not just legal pressure, it's moral pressure, and it's a bit more than that even. It's power in the supply chain being applied by the larger firm. And it's a threat to your continuing supply if you don't agree it. 
From time to time, governments get interested in this particular aspect of payment to small firms. And they should do, really, because paying small firms, if you don't pay them, it's a threat to their existence into the future. And there does need to be some framework, regulatory framework, that applies pressure to large firms not abusing their power position in the supply chain. And so it would be good if governments could devise regulatory frameworks to encourage those payments to be made promptly. Now, I know we've had attempts to do that in the past, but even so, it doesn't always work. And it really is an ethical issue for the larger firm. They should be paying those smaller and medium-sized enterprise organisations more promptly. So when it comes to managing your supply chains carefully to keep that inventory low, to make sure it's not idle, it's moving through the system, so the flow continues, and that you only buy the inventory that you need for the particular production at the time or for the particular service supply at the time, and you work closely with suppliers to keep the time within the supply chain compressed. And that's an important decision for organisations to make. And that's why when we talk about just-in-time or quick-response tools, they are important to compress that time. And no one should underestimate the power of that compression because that could be the difference between having the cash to pay creditors as they fall due and not having the cash in your organisation. It could be the difference between success and failure. And so... Keep an eye on the inventory, keep it as low as possible, but serve the customer well. Three key principles in your supply chain to apply. Well, that's it for this episode. We've taken a look at how important working capital is in managing the organisation. And we've taken a look at what people managing supply chains can do to help the overall business situation. Don't forget to stop by and pick up any episodes that you've missed and catch up and stay informed about supply chains. You've been listening to Chain Reaction, all about supply chain advantage. I'm Tony Hines. I'm signing off and I'll see you next time. Bye for now. The Chain Reaction Podcast is written, presented, and produced by Tony Hines. Hi, I'm Tony Hines. I'm here to tell you about the Chain Reaction Podcast, all about supply chain advantage. I've been researching and writing about supply chains for over 25 years. I wrote my first book on supply chain strategies in the early 2000s. Each week we have special episodes on particular topics relating to supply chains. Now we have a weekly news roundup every Saturday at 12 noon. All things impacting global supply chains in that week. So come and join us on the Chain Reaction Podcast. I look forward to seeing you there. I'm Tony Hines. I'm signing off. Bye for now.